I say this a lot. What I say a lot is that we are in a revolution and that this podcast, however unwittingly, is a basically a chronicle of that revolution. To be clear, I don't think it's a violent revolution. I don't think it's a political revolution, although it certainly would have political consequences. I'm almost certain of that. What this is, is an information revolution. It's a way to put ideas from your head out into the world in record time. And it's amazing to me how fast this has cropped up and how, basically, we had this before. We, we had the parts before. What we didn't have was the impetus for it. What we didn't have was a global impetus for this revolution well then came COVID-19 and COVID-19 forced a lot of people in the world to sit at home and idle hands being the devil's plaything, a lot of people I guess wanted to stay busy or they basically their idle hands or whatever migrated to the computer keyboard and they made internet content they made podcasts such as this one they made books such as the one that Megan Dara wrote which I think is a very good book it's it's a very unique book in that it's not unique for today but it's unique for before now because it's written by a very young woman who uses the voice of somebody around her age to go through the trope of a zombie apocalypse. But she does it in such a way that I'd never seen before. I've never seen a zombie romance before. And it was totally obvious to me that it was written by a young lady with the experience of a young lady. But it was so interesting because... I don't think that you would have had this without this digital revolution. I don't think as good as this book is, and it is pretty good, but I don't think you would have had sort of a um, a meeting with a publisher where the publisher said, well, what do you want to do? You want to have a zombie apocalypse? Okay, check. But you want to have a zombie apocalypse, but have the zombie apocalypse play out like a disease? I don't know. I don't know what the market for that is. And I could see the publisher running the numbers for it. And the publisher might say, no, no, the numbers, the demo doesn't like it. Or, or it doesn't have the, you know, the, the right demo or the right um, groups pinging it. Or the social media engagement isn't just so. So, no, I don't see this as a, a multi-million dollar enterprise so no we're not going to do it but that would you know essentially that this is the word some in america use that would essentially cancel megan darrow but now that we have you can just upload this book to amazon and you can do a book cover and and she can sell it and she can promote it on social media etc and so on which she's doing and i'm going to leave the links in the description you have 
essentially the ingredients for a revolution. And I want each of you to listen to this podcast and to see this as, as I saw it, that she is at the spearhead of a revolution, just kind of like I am with this podcast. But anyway, so that's that. The reason I sound a little exasperated in the beginning had nothing to do with her. It had to do with basically the software that I use is real picky. It can just decide that, no, I don't want to work, or, oh, I thought I was going to work, but now I'm not going to work. But anyway, I really enjoyed talking with her, and I also really enjoyed her book, and I hope you enjoy it too. And um, anyway, this has been Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager. And as always, I'm having a great day, and I hope you are too. Okay, hi, my name is Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. I'm here with Megan Dara, who is... Why don't you explain what you are? Um, I'm an author. Uh, I self-published on Amazon in uh, January, so I write books and then upload them, basically. With covers as well. Right. And your book, and I I said before, I think not only are you an author, but you are a revolutionary. This is a a revolutionary time. Mm -hmm. Um, I I read your book, which I think is pretty good. It's a, why don't you explain it? And then I'm going to say what I think about it. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So basically... It is set during the zombie apocalypse in uh, at a military base in England, and uh, the main character is Isabella, and she's a soldier at the military base, and her sister Caitlin has been working on the cure for the last two years, and um, like the they've been like testing the cures, and they've you know killed the zombies. Um, and then, uh, basically one of the cures makes his, one of the zombies calmer, and then he starts, like, being able to communicate again, and, um, he starts becoming more human, and it's, like, basically, it shows how the zombies are cured, and, you know, kind of how society starts coming back from the apocalypse, basically. I thought it was fascinating um, because I've never, I've I've never um, seen zombie fiction that that basically looks at a zombie apocalypse as like an infection, mm-hmm. like a these people are infected and we have to cure them and we can cure them. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's. Very, very um, uh, apropos to the times we live in because of COVID. Um, yeah. Did you, you did did COVID play into that? Did COVID nineteen did it play into um, the formation of this novel, etc.? Um, I suppose a little bit, like uh, 
Well, when I was writing this, you know, they were still working on the vaccine for COVID. Um, so I suppose when I was writing it, I was a little bit of a, ahead of like real life because they had, you know, got the cure um, for the zombies. And uh, I suppose the other bit was the fact that like when they were at the military base and all, you know, they didn't have like they couldn't go out to the cinemas and stuff. Or they couldn't go out to restaurants because obviously they were all closed. Uh, so that was kind of like from my life of something because we had lockdowns over here in Ireland. And um, so you couldn't really go out places apart from like the shops really or out for exercise. So that's kind of like in the book a little bit. But obviously their situation is a lot worse. Like they don't even have phones or the internet or anything. Um, but I would say that would be like the main kind of thing that I took from COVID was like the fact that, you know, it's like you can't go outside, you're stuck in the one place. I suppose that was like the main part, really, that was taken from real life. Yeah, I mean, let me ask you this too. Um, When did you start writing this book? Like, do you remember? Oh, it was last March um, when, like, the first lockdown in the UK started. Um, Yeah. So that like really helped to like motivate me to finally start writing because I like gave up my job for a few months. I was like taking a break from that because I worked in retail and uh, my parents were in their 60s so I didn't want them like to get infected or anything. So um, I took a break and that was like when I started writing because um, I thought, you know, I need to earn some money somehow. So... Um, I thought, you know, writing and publishing a book, because I love writing anyway, uh, I thought that would, you know, help earn some, like, side money, basically, while I was not in work. Yeah. Well, the thing, okay, so so you started in March of... Uh, 2020. Yeah, March of 2020. So that's, okay... For, I mean, and I say this a lot in my podcast, but uh, I personally, I was aware of COVID before March, mm-hmm. right? But the National Basketball Association over here uh, in America had closed up um, on March 14th. And I know that because I've said that a lot on my podcast. I, I Googled it to find it out. And I was going out to dinner that night with a friend of mine. Uh-huh. And that was, I think, one of the last times I ate in a restaurant for a whole year. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, for an entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but um, what I remember from my podcast in March and April and May of 20 was... If you had told me in March, April, May, and June of twenty that we would have that I would have a vaccine in my arm right now in twenty twenty one and I would be getting out and about and and not doing not you know, life is not like twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. but you're still but it's on the road to normal. If yeah. you had told me that in March of 2020, I would not have believed you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I had a very, very different outlook 
about yeah. what was going to happen than I than ended up being true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would imagine you did too. Like you probably thought yeah. this vaccine is going to take years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you no, know, I was like really worried. Like I thought it was going to be, I mean, it is still really bad, but I thought it was going to be like much worse. If not, I mean, like everyone dying, I thought like, you know, this mm-hmm. could be the end. Um, I thankfully it wasn't. Um, and I thought, you know, because like they don't have a vaccine for the cold. I know it's not serious, but I just thought because of that and because of how long some vaccines take, I thought it could have been like five or ten years into the future before we actually had a vaccine. So I'm glad that like we do have them now. I uh, I there was a podcast that I did not uh, release. That I recorded. Oh God, uh, April mm-hmm. of twenty, and the reason I didn't release it was because it was just—I mean, it was just so bleak. Oh dear. It was, you know, like I, and I was just like, neither one of us thought. We literally thought, well, this will be going on for years, mm-hmm. and. You know, because think about it, like a- AIDS, um, mm-hmm. I'm old enough that I remember not the very beginning part of AIDS, but the, uh, like AIDS in the eighties, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they just now got a vaccine for that. So I thought, yeah. you know, good Lord, is this going to be like... You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, but here we are. All right. So what I really love about your story mm-hmm. is that it's a love is that essentially it's a love story. Yep. And well, no, I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I Thank do. You. Um and the reason I think it's cool is because it's it's and I don't mean to to demean it but it's sweet it's a very yeah. sweet love story mm-hmm. between a man who is recovering from a virus mm-hmm. and is she a soldier or a scientist yeah. or soldier yeah the sister is oh, the scientist okay. yeah. doctor thing yeah it was cool thank you was, how did that occur to you how, how did you <laughs> how did that occur to you I suppose because I, you know, I love romance, so. And uh, I suppose I thought it would be interesting to show, like, a human and a recovering zombie uh, to have, like, a relationship. I don't know. I just thought it would be interesting. I love love, so. That's basically how that, like, came about. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, I thought... um... I don't know. I, it wouldn't have. Maybe I'm a guy, but it wouldn't have occurred to me to make a zombie apocalypse romance. That <laughs> that would not have occurred to me at all. And like that's the thing. I think I told you before. That's the one thing I could see you going to a publisher, and the publisher would be like, "You want to do what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you want to? What do you want to do?" I don't know. <laughs> 
But, you know, um, so talk about, okay, so what, I mean, I guess you were a reader, because mm-hmm. all authors are also readers. Yeah. Um, so what books did you read? Um, what, were you, what were your formative books that you would think you, you were reading and you thought, well, you know, I could do this. I mean, all I've really been reading at the moment has been the second Game of Thrones book, because uh, they take a long time to read, so like 700, 800 pages. Uh, so that's what I've like been reading the last wee while. Um, I read loads as a kid, though. Um, like Michael Morpogo, he was like one of my favorite authors. Um, mm. Yeah, I just read like a whole lot of different books, really. Um, yeah. Or like Divergent, I love that book. It's one of my favorites. The thing I like about the Game of Thrones books, from a writing mm. standpoint, is that they're structured as though they're short stories. So mm. you could literally write. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you could literally write like a short story and then I think that's how he does it. I think that's how he makes like a 2000 page book. I've no idea how he does it. <laughs> you know, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, well, I've, I've heard that he like just writes as he's going, like it comes to him as he's writing, whereas I like plan my books out before writing. So I have like the rough outline. So okay, so you have a rough outline uh, when you're yeah. when you're rocking. Um, do you write on a phone or your computer or? Yeah, I do it on my phone. Um, in like the notes area on my phone, and then like I'll copy and paste it into a word document on my phone. Um, and that's like why like mm. that's where I edit it a little bit, and then I like upload that to my computer. Um, because that makes it easier to upload to Amazon. So, um, yeah, but I write on my phone because then I can write in my bed and that's like more comfortable for me. Like, cause when I'm typing on, when I used to like type on computer for school and stuff, like my shoulders and neck would get sore. Whereas when I'm writing on my phone, I don't really get that. So it means that I can write for longer than I would if I was hunched over a computer, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, so you said there's a sequel. Um, yes. You told me right. there's a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, have you thought about, because as I was reading this book, the thing that ran through my head was, okay, so you've got one guy and a girl, mm-hmm. and he's a zombie, and I don't want to give too much away, but I thought it was really kind of cool how you you know, there was sort of this, uh, you, you kind of left it where there was this, um, how do you want to say like an intermediary stage say Mm -hmm. in his treatment. Um, have you thought about sort of widening that out into society? Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like maybe more zombies and, people get together and they could have like a whole society of like, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what you mean. 
Well, like, you don't want to call it interspecies romance or... Mm. But, you know, like, zombies and humans together in a relationship, but on a a wider scale. uh, they, They become, like, fully cured. It's a bit of a spoiler, but, like, basically they're, like, fully human when they... Well, not when they get the cure, but as the cure goes along, they basically... They're like wow. fully human. Um, once it's like all gone through the system, uh, because I mean, if they if they like stayed as a zombie, that would not work. Um, well, well, partial zombie, not not a full zombie. <laughs> Maybe there's a relapse. I mean, that could work. I mean, I, I do kind of have a little thing that happens in the second book. Um, uh. I mean, just spoil it, but basically. Uh, the ones who had like the like in the new book, there's a second strain, and that has caused like another outbreak. And basically, at some point in the book, I'm not going to say when, uh, there's this woman who had been infected with the first strain, and she gets bitten by a zombie who has a second strain, and her eyes turn red, and her like skin has like a peel. It's more peel. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's like... I suppose that would be the closest to what you're describing. Um, she, like, kind of... Because it, it, like, changes her appearance, basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like... So what other kind of books do you want to... I mean, what other kind of topics do you want to tackle as an author? Um, I don't know, like, there's a lot of things that I would like to write about, but I have many, many ideas, like, stuff for, I don't know, like, aliens invading Earth, I have ideas for that, I don't know when that'll get written, though. Um, or, like, I have, like, a few fantasy story ideas, um, but then in this, in the book that I'm writing at the moment, the sequel to the rehabilitated it i'd say um it focuses on like isabella again obviously and there's like darker tones to it so like i'm not going to say who but two characters in this book die and it's like i kind of like show how that impacts her basically okay okay so it's like darker than the first book i mean that's something that i think about a lot um with with covid um and maybe i'm a bad example of this because i talked to so many people that mm-hmm. have dealt with covid on some level or other for my mm-hmm. podcast but it occurs to me that there's a whole lot of people right that will like this will change them this experience mm-hmm. from 20 to 21 Will will change them fundamentally, yeah. Um, psychologically, like, um, you know, like I have this memory now. Well, I've always had it, but now I understand what it was. Um, I had these older aunts and uncles as a kid. Mm-hmm. They were they were like the older siblings of my grandparents. And they would sit on the couch 
And sometimes they would just stare off into space. Like they had that thousand yard stare. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like the. Yeah. And now it's like I see it. Like, oh my God, they lived through the 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 Spanish flu. They lived through the depression. Oh you know, it's they lived crazy. through World War. They lived through World War Two. You mm-hmm. know, here they are, just sort of thinking, "Oh Jesus, remember this and that." <laughs> oh boy. Um. So. When did you, or was there a point where you thought, where you sort of looked around at your reality and thought, this needs to be a story? Like this, this I can work this into a story. I mean, I, well, not really. Well, I suppose COVID kind of influenced the rehabilitated a bit. Um, like sometimes I just get ideas from like real life. Uh, and I would like put them and well maybe like change them and make them like I don't know like supernatural stuff like ghosts or whatever. Um, like I was talking to this person and it ended up giving me an idea for a book. Um, don't know when I'll write it though, but uh, it was like we had talking about we'd been talking about clones and like we were saying what we think our relationship with our clone would be like and I said oh I think we'd be like best friends me and my clone and um then that just like gave me this idea where someone gets like this perfect like partner uh from like this company and then there was like this really dark twist where it turned out they'd been like cloning people um but I don't don't know why I'll write that but that was just like a weird idea that I got just from like that conversation about clones. And the cool thing, I mean, the cool thing to me about, about this world that we live in is that you could actually sit down, write, write up for, write all this out. Right. And then you could just upload it to Amazon and people mm-hmm. could, you know, and if you promote it, right. Like if you have an Instagram page or, or go on Reddit or whatever, you know, you could have, I don't want to say you could sell millions of books, but you could sell, <laughs> you know, you could have a hit on your hands, mm-hmm. rel- relatively speaking. And you you yeah, know what well, I mean? Like, <laughs> I know, that would be a dream. <laughs> well, you know, um, you know, I mean, I'll tell you something about, about this world. That, about this new reality that I realized um, mm-hmm. at some point. And I don't remember when this sort of downloaded into my brain, but I remember that it was in literally an evening. <laughs> it literally happened in a moment, right? Mm-hmm. And that was really people want a connection, right? Yeah. You really, you just want a connection with, with somebody, Mm-hmm. Right, you're not really interested. I mean, you are interested in the plot of Game of Thrones or or whatever, mm-hmm. but you really want a connection with with uh, the Khaleesi or mm-hmm. with Jon Snow or somebody, <laughs> right? It's why you yeah. can have these people on YouTube cooking food that have millions of hits. Mm-hmm. Because you're just talking to them, mm-hmm. and they're talking to you. It's, it's you know, um, 
it's like I listen to a lot of independent podcasts because I'm an independent podcast. Yeah. Right? And there was this guy that had this fascinating idea of just him and his best friend would sit down and talk about their day. Mm-hmm. And it had just, I mean, here I am trying to teach people something. <laughs> and he had more hits. He had so many hits. Just him and his best friend sitting down talking. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> but I'm, I guess I'm saying like, it's, you know, I love how the on-ramp now is like you just write it down, put it out, and people can read it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I think that's really good. You know, um, what about, um, do you have a blog or do you have, um, like, where have you noticed you've gotten a lot of traffic from? I have no idea. (laughs) I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a blog. Um, I mean, I have no idea how you would find out where the sales and stuff come from, but uh, I know my family helps a lot. Like my mom uh, told like all her friends and um, I know one of my friends bought it, bought the book. Um, and my sister as well, she's been a big help when her boyfriend, they all bought copies and maybe some of her friends. Uh, mm. So that was like how I kind of started selling and I suppose that like really helped boost sales. Um, and then I mm. think the rest have just been, I don't know where they've come from really. <laughs> maybe searches on like, like, like searches on Amazon or... Yeah, or, maybe um, some from Reddit as well actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm how not sure about other uh, how about you? Do you have a Twitter? Yeah, I mean, I might have got a few sales from there. I really don't know because people like, you know, there's no way for me to find out. I don't think. Um, I mean, maybe there is some sort of software that does it, but I'm not aware of yeah. it. Um, I mean, I suppose I, I probably do get a few like link clicks on Twitter, so I don't know if mm. maybe they mm. buy it or download it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Twitter to me is like. Cause I started, I I had a fan page for like a, a fan page for Game of Thrones. Oh wow! Where I was, um, I was reviewing movies, but mm-hmm. the 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 shtick was or the gag was like, I was reviewing this movie, and mm-hmm. Game of Thrones did it better, and I was bored of reviewing the movie, so I would talk about how yeah. Game of Thrones was better at that, <laughs> and. It really impressed me how many people that I could that I could have. Like that was amazing to me. It, mm-hmm. And I remember specifically there was one day where I had I don't remember the movie, but it's like I had this thought hit my get in my head, this gag, and I'd already seen the movie and I'd already seen the Game of Thrones episode and I knew how to do it. And the whole thing was like 30 minutes to do. Mm-hmm. And it was like within 45 minutes, I had thousands of hits. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. And that's when I realized this is a revolution <laughs> right here. I was just sitting on my bed 
coming up with a gag. Mm-hmm. You know? But, um, hmm. I tell you. Um, so, the thing I like about your story the most, other than the fact it's so inventive, oh, thanks. is the, the sweetness mm-hmm. of their little, of their, like the awkwardness that the, <laughs> these two people mm-hmm. are just, it's really kind of cool mm-hmm. to see Thank that. You. How old do you think these people are? The characters. Um, I don't know if it, I put it in the book, but um, Isabella is twenty-two. Um, Justin is twenty-five. Uh, I'm trying to remember what age the other characters are. Okay. But but that's their age. I think the older sister was like four or five years older or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? Um, let me see, like, would you see that if, if in your fantasy of, of this being made in, into a, like a TV show or mm-hmm. a movie or whatever, um, first of all, do you see it when you see it? Do you see it as more of a TV show or more of a movie? I don't know. I'd be like really happy if it got made into either, to be honest. I think it'd be really cool. Um, yeah. See, a movie, I mean, that would be cool, but it could maybe leave out parts of something, whereas I think a TV series, like, you get more time with a TV series, so it could maybe, like, show the whole thing, you know what I mean? Um, Because I know there was this, uh, like, there's been movies and stuff where they've, like, had to remove things, whereas with the TV series, you know, it might be a bit different where they don't actually roost. I don't know if I'm explaining that right, but you know what I mean? Well, yeah, there's like standards and practices and I mean, but with streaming, like with Netflix, you could just have whatever you want or mm-hmm. like Amazon or whatever. You could just have whatever mm-hmm. you want. Um, but I, I but just I'll think be- it's really, yeah. What I were you going to say? Really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Um, so, um, being as that you're, I guess, in America, as we say, the old world, um, did your town, do you know if your town was affected at all by like different, like the, uh, Spanish flu or the black death or just anything? I have like no that? idea. No yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, not something yeah. I've ever really, uh, looked into. Um, so I have no idea whether they had Spanish flu here or not. Well, I can tell you they probably did. They they might not have thought of it. They might not have realized it was the Spanish flu, um, Mm -hmm. while they had it. (laughs) But I can tell you they probably did. Mm. Um, yeah. Yep. Because it was like. Well, I mean, this gets out of it, but um, there were recent medical people and historical people think that a whole lot more people died of the Spanish flu than were previously ever thought. Oh, dear. Um, It basically touched every part of the globe that people Mm -hmm. were on, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, 
No, I I think I learned a bit about it in history in like, I don't know what year it was. It was before GCSE anyway. And I think they said something about people bringing it home from the war or something maybe. Yeah, that's... Well, medical people today think it came from... uh, It's strange. Um, They think medical folks and historical people now think that it started in Kansas and the flu got to Europe before the Americans did, before the American Mm -hmm. soldiers did. And they think that had to do from the beef in Kansas getting to Europe. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what they think. Um, But yeah, no, I was asking because I'm just curious. I was just thinking like, if as a girl, if you were taken around to such and so, you know, like some kind of monument or something, and no, <laughs> no, no, I don't think so we have those. Is... We more have like World War One or Two, uh, like yeah. commemoration things. We have those, but um, I'm not yeah. aware of anything to do with the Spanish flu. Okay, so let me ask you this though: the cover, um. The way, so you designed the cover yourself, and what program? Um, well, my friend he did like the middle heart in the rehabilitated, and I did the rest of it. And then with my second book, Protected by the Boss, I did the cover myself. Why don't you tell us what Protected by the Boss is about? Um, it's basically this Irish girl, and uh, she's called Roisin, and she goes to America, New York specifically, and the book starts uh, a year into her like being there. Um, she's over there like studying psychology and um, she has this boyfriend who's in the mafia, but um, he basically, he's kind of rude to her. Like uh, in the first chapter when they're at the this wedding, um, She's like eating cake and he says, oh, don't eat too much of that in case you get fat. So he's like kind of quite like critical. Uh, And then Tony, who is like the mafia boss, he like basically takes an interest in her and starts being friendly. Seems like a much better man than Matteo, who's the boyfriend. Uh, And then basically Matteo becomes like abusive and like hits her and stuff. And basically Tony... Uh, offers her a way out when she, she was going to go back to um, Ireland to get away from Mattel but then basically Tony offers her a place to stay so she goes and lives with him and it's like about how their relationship develops basically and other dramatic stuff. So you would characterize this as a, uh, a romance? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well I haven't read that book, but I read, um, I've read the other one and I thought it was really good and I can't wait for the sequel. Um, Thank you. I can't should be wait, out wait for soon. the sequel. Yeah, it should be out soon. Um, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the start of next month. Who knows? It depends yeah. on how much writing I get done, but hopefully end of June at the latest. Well, that's another question. How long does it take? Uh, how long does it take you to 
to write these books? Well, when I was writing the Rehabilitated, I started it in like last March and finished it in July. Uh, and then I like left it for a month and then the rest of the time it was basically editing it. So I think from August until January was all editing. Uh, I was doing it like, not very well because that was like my first time editing. So I had basically, well, I'm not, no idea how I do it, but uh, I wasn't doing it as well as I could have. Uh, and then Protected by the Boss was six months to write, I think. And that was because I was, you know, editing the Rehabilitated at the same time. So that made that writing take longer. And then I think it only took maybe a month or two to edit. Um, and then now this time I'm like kind of editing as I go along so that I won't have as much to do at the end. So hopefully mm. editing mm. shouldn't take too long this time. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, it, To me, I mean, six months, that's... I mean, the longest thing I ever wrote, I think I wrote something that took, well, I did. I, I wrote something that took a year to write in college. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> not know. too bad, though. Yeah. Not as bad as right. George R. R. Martin. <laughs> like 10 years well, writing the one book. <laughs> no, <laughs> 10 years writing one book. <laughs> did you hear the one about the, uh, I think it was his neighbor? Um that put a sign out in his yard saying you should be writing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I didn't hear like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that years ago, a few years back on the radio. I thought that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, mm. So, um, I guess like, um, is there anything like if you could change anything about, about your, to make your setup easier to get your books out there mm-hmm. uh, what would you change like how would you what would you change uh, I suppose another problem I really have would be like procrastination like sometimes I'll be aiming to write one in the morning because I see I write in the night uh, and then ends up getting to like three in the morning and that's when I start writing and it's like a bit late to be starting if you know because I'd rather be started before then or just sometimes I'm like too lazy to write when I should be writing uh I'd say those are like the only really two problems that I would have uh I mean they're not so major though because I get books written reasonably quickly but um I say that would be the only thing I'd change is don't procrastinate as much and uh write even when I'm being lazy <laughs> basically well, what about, um, like, if you were, just pretend like you were talking to Jeff Bezos right now, or mm-hmm. he was listening, what would you tell Jeff Bezos? Like, what would be the thing you would say to that to that Amazon engineer? What's the thing you can do, Mr. or Mrs. Amazon engineer, to make my uh, being an author on your site better? Um. I th- do you know, I think the paperback is quite hard to do. Um, I had real difficulty with it. Like, uh, that you have to get the cover, like, perfect, basically. Uh, I find, like, getting the size of that a little bit difficult. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then another bit is like getting the interior right and the trim size. And like the first time I did it, it turned out awful. I ordered like a proof copy. It arrived at my house and it was far too big. Like it did not look like a normal book. And then I like opened the page and the writing was like tiny. And there were like massive spaces between the paragraphs and it just looked like the weirdest book I've ever seen. Uh, so I don't know if you may get more support with that. I mean, I find it fine now. Um, like I can, you know, I fixed the interior. Uh, I've got the covers all sorted. So the paperbacks look fine now. But that first attempt was just awful. So I suppose like more guidance on that would be helpful. All right. <laughs> Again, like, you know, who knows? But there you go. Um, so, um, you said you were a student. Um, what are you, what are you studying in school? Oh, I'm not anymore. Um, I oh, was no. last, uh, June or July, I think I graduated from counseling. Although I am doing like a level two in youth work at the moment. So I suppose I could kind of be classified as a student in a way. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I, I, I have no idea. I'm in, I'm in America, so I, I don't know what level one, level two, I don't know what any of that is, but I'm hmm, sure I have I, listeners who do. I mean, it's like, I don't know, it's like some certificate or award or something. It's, I don't know, we have like level twos, level threes, and I think it goes to maybe undergraduate degree. I'm not 100% sure, though. Well, Megan, is there anything you want to tell the internet? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, read my books, I suppose. Buy them. Uh, hope you enjoy them, I suppose. I'm going to leave a link in the in the description. Um, I'm going to leave a link in the description. Oh, thank you. But uh, if you give it to me. And I'll also yes. link to your uh, uh, whatever your M, your uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. and you have an Instagram. You have yep. uh, you have a Facebook group. Yep. You have an Instagram. Uh, oh, Twitter. Oh, you have a Twitter. Okay. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you would be so kind as to email me those those yep. links, I, I know it's pretty late over there. In Ireland, uh, and it's not that late for me. <laughs> I stay up to like every, I don't know, like five in the morning. So every time I uh, every time I ask my phone, um, or every time I in my head I look and see what time it is, you know, <laughs> in a different part it's of the world. Every time well, I in do Ireland. that, yeah. Every time I do that, I think I my first grade teacher, who I'm sure is dead now. Oh dear. Um, well, she was old when I had her in the first mm. grade, but I, I think to myself, you know, I can tell, <laughs> I can tell time in Ireland now. I can tell time <laughs> in Singapore now. Oh, and, that's pretty cool. And I, and I remember, you know, I remember her trying to get me to learn how to tell time and mm -hmm. no, I don't need to know how to tell time. <laughs> Why do I need to know how to tell time? <laughs> But here we go. Um, and it's a. That's the thing about this podcast is 
you know, how small the world is, really. Mm. You know, like, I don't know. It's a thing I'm learning. <laughs> but anyway, um, Megan, just if you'd be so kind as to stay on while this thing downloads, yep. I'd really <laughs> appreciate it. All right. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. As always, Bye. I'm having a good day, and I hope you are too.